and welcome to Misinformation, a trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Lauren. Uh, we are just, we're like cranking through some episodes lately. We've been like <laughs> recording a bunch at a time and, you know, like this is our, this is our finishing episode for this day's recording. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know what? We haven't touched on space in a while. You know, I did that long series about dads in space, and then I did moms in mm-hmm. space, and I did the mission to Mars. I was like, I'm going to go back. We're going to go back to the beginning. We're going to go back to the beginning. And even though you fear it. Even though I fear it. It's like, you know, like, that's why they, they say that's why women love stories about serial killers. Because ultimately, we are the ones who will probably be murdered by a serial killer, mm-hmm. just like statistically. So you have to face that fear and somehow love it to so you prepare gotta, your brain. You got to know your enemy. Know your enemy. Exactly. You got to know your enemy. So my enemy is space. <laughs> I am in a constant battle with space. And I know I'll lose. Aren't we all? But aren't we all? Time and space. So today I've decided to go back to the beginning, go get like some elementary level info. And today we're going to talk about the solar system. Did you build a model for this or? Oh, no, I should have asked Steve to make me a model. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Never mind. Scrap this episode. Come back when you have. I'll come come back. back Steve has a model. He'll make like a full, like uh, one of those. um, Rotating. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. An orrery. He's going to make a whole orrery himself. Um, He's going to hear this and he's going to want to make an orrery. So you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. That's going to be my whole upstairs. Anyway. Um, so, just as an FYI, I will not be touching on Earth because we live here. We know what Earth is. <laughs> okay. Uh, and also, I've already done an episode on Mars. Mm-hmm. So, we'll just be doing the rest of the solar system today. <laughs> Great. But we'll be going in order. So, to begin with, what is the solar system? The planetary system we call home is located in an outer spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy. That's our neighborhood. Our solar system consists of our star, the sun, and everything bound to it by gravity. The planets Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, as well as dwarf planets such as Pluto, dozens of moons, and millions of asteroids, comets, and meteoroids. Uh, The solar system also includes the Kuiper belt that lies past Neptune's orbit, which is way back there. This is a sparsely occupied ring of icy bodies, almost all smaller than the most popular Kuiper Belt object, which is dwarf planet Pluto. And we will talk about him in a minute. The most popular. The most popular of the Kuiper Belt objects. Um, So beyond the fringes of the Kuiper Belt is the Oort cloud. Uh, This giant... Yes, the Oort cloud, O-O-R-T, cloud. This giant spherical shell surrounds our solar system like a big old bubble. And it has never been directly observed, but its existence is predicted based on mathematical models and observations of comets that likely originate from there. So, the Oort cloud is made of icy pieces of space debris the sizes of mountains and sometimes larger, orbiting our sun as far as 1.6 light years away. This shell of material is thick, extending from 5,000 astronomical units to 100,000 astronomical units. So an astronomical unit, just for reference, one astronomical unit, or AU, is the distance from the sun to the Earth. Okay. 
Um, and that is about 93 million miles or 150 million kilometers. So one astronomical unit is 93 million miles. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Oort cloud is anywhere from 5,000 to 100,000 astronomical units. So oh it's my enormous. God. I know. It's very, don't think about it too much. Okay. Um, the Oort cloud is also the boundary of the sun's gravitational influence where orbiting objects can turn around and return closer to our sun. So that's that's the extent of how far the sun's gravity pull um, goes to. Okay. Um, the sun's heliosphere doesn't extend quite as far. So that's like how far the light can travel from the sun. Uh, the heliosphere is the bubble created by the solar wind, which is a stream of electrically charged gas blowing outward from the sun in all directions. So it's like the soup that the sun is like floating in that it creates. Um, the boundary where the solar wind is abruptly slowed by pressure from interstellar gases is called the termination shock. So it's like the edge of the bubble okay. where it crosses into it. Um, this edge occurs between 80 and 100 astronomical units. So that's the outer boundary of the heliosphere. Okay. And I've mentioned this before, but two NASA spacecraft launched in 77 have crossed the termination shock. Voyager 1 in 2004 and Voyager 2 in 2007. Uh, if For more on that, check out episode 35, uh, Moms in Space. For the Voyager program, it's very, very good. good. Um, so it will be many thousands of years before the two Voyagers exit the Oort cloud. Um, so it's going to be a while. Mm-hmm. We probably shouldn't wait for that. So our solar system formed about 4.5 billion years ago from a dense cloud of interstellar gas and dust. Uh, the cloud collapsed, possibly due to the shockwave of a nearby exploding star called a supernova. And when this dust cloud collapsed, it formed a solar nebula, a spinning, swirling disk of material. Are you just quoting the um, theme song to the Big Bang Theory? No. <laughs> God, so help me God if I would ever do that. Please, I want you to punch me in the face if I ever do that. No. Um, actually, all of this material I received from the NASA website. Thank you, NASA. For all of your information about this type of thing. But you're right. It does sound a lot like it. Maybe the songwriters, maybe Bare Naked Ladies, uh, stole it from the NASA website. <laughs> Calling you out, Bare Naked Ladies. So, the order and arrangement of the planets and other bodies in our solar system is due to the way the solar system is formed. Nearest the sun, only rocky material could withstand the heat when the solar system was young. Okay. So, for this reason, the first four planets, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars, are terrestrial planets. So they're small with solid rocky surfaces. Okay. Meanwhile, materials we are used to seeing as ice, liquid, or gas settled in the outer regions of the young solar system. And then gravity pulled these materials together. And this is where we find gas giants, Jupiter and Saturn, and ice giants, Uranus and Neptune. Also, there are uh, more than 150 known moons in our solar system and several more awaiting confirmation of discovery. Of the eight planets, Mercury and Venus are the only ones with no moons. Uh, The giant planets, as you can imagine, grab the most moons. Jupiter and Saturn have long lid our solar system's moon counts. Uh, In some ways, the swarms of moons around these worlds resemble many versions of our solar system. And even tiny asteroids have moons. Uh, in 2017, scientists found asteroid 3122 Florence has two tiny moons, which oh is kind gosh. of adorable. So let's start. We'll start with Mercury. Here we go. Mercury. Boom. Mercury was first discovered in 1631. Thomas Harriet and Galileo Galilei observed Mercury with the newly invented telescope. <laughs> Heard of it? Heard of it? <laughs> 
it is the smallest planet in our solar system and nearest to the sun, with a radius of 1,516 miles, or 2,440 kilometers. Mercury is a little more than one-third the width of Earth. So, this is the, the kind of measuring system we're going to go with. If Earth were the size of a nickel, Mercury would be about as big as a blueberry. If Earth were a nickel, Mercury mm-hmm. would be a blueberry. Yep. All right. So not not too much smaller. Mm-hmm. So from the surface of Mercury, the sun would appear more than three times as large as it does when viewed from Earth. And the sunlight would be, as you can imagine, much as seven times brighter. Uh, despite its proximity to the sun, Mercury is not the hottest planet in our solar system. The title belongs to nearby Venus, thanks to its dense atmosphere, which we will talk about in a moment. But Mercury is the fastest planet zipping around the sun every 88 Earth days. And Mercury is, of course, appropriately named for the swiftest of the ancient Roman gods of Mercury. Oh, my God. I never tied that Thought together. about that. I know. Neither did I until I did this. And I was like, oh, my God, they're so smart. Um, <laughs> Mercury's highly eccentric egg-shaped orbit takes the planet as close as 29 million miles or 47 million kilometers and as far as 43 million miles or 70 million kilometers from the sun. So it's egg-shaped, so it's kind of like far, and then it kind of like bows out. It speeds around the sun every 88 days, as mentioned before, um, traveling through space at nearly 29 miles or 47 kilometers per second faster than any other planet. Wow. Which is pretty fast for a planet. (laughs) Um, Mercury, however, as fast as it is going around the rotation, it spins slowly on its axis, and it completes one rotation every 59 Earth days. Oh. So its day is almost as long as its year, if you think about it. <laughs> um, however, but when uh, Mercury is moving fastest in its elliptical orbit around the sun and is closest to the sun, each rotation is not accompanied by a sunrise and a sunset like it is on other planets. Mm-hmm. The morning sun appears to rise briefly, set, and then rise again from some parts of the planet's mm-hmm. surface. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, the same thing happens in reverse at sunset for other parts of the surface. So it'll set and then rise again and then set. Oof. Um, so one Mercury solar day or one full day to night cycle equals 176 Earth days, uh, which is just over two years on Mercury. Okay. Mercury is also the second densest planet after Earth. It has a large metallic core with a radius of about 1,289 miles or 2,074 kilometers, about 85% of the planet's radius. There is evidence that it is partly molten, and Mercury's outer shell, comparable to Earth's outer shell, called the mantle in the crust, as you know, is only about 400 kilometers or 250 miles thick. How do they know that? I don't know. They do, like, tests, and they shoot radar at it, and they, like, do flybys and things. We'll talk about it. There's been some spacecraft that have come close to it. Um, During the day, temperatures uh, on the surface of Mercury are extreme. They're both Mm -hmm. uh, hot and cold. Um, When the sun is up, temperatures on Mercury's surface can reach 800 degrees Fahrenheit or 430 degrees Celsius. And because the planet has no atmosphere to retain that heat, nighttime temperatures on the surface can drop to minus 290 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 180 degrees Celsius. Very cold, very Pretty hot. Pretty cold. Pretty cold. The first spacecraft to visit Mercury was Mariner 10, which imaged about 45% of the surface. And in 2008, the Messenger spacecraft flew by Mercury three times and orbited the planet beginning in 2011 for four years before uh, it committed suicide and crashed on its surface in 2015. That was on purpose. They did that on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wink. Wink, uh, the European Space Agency launched their first mission to explore Mercury, which is called Bepi Colombo. 
2018. Of course, of course, the European Space Agency's uh, spacecraft is called Bepi Colombo, and I'm sure he's got just the most adorable cartoon uh, counterpart. All right. Venus, <clears throat> second planet from the sun, our closest planetary neighbor, and with a radius of 3,760 miles or 6,052 kilometers, Venus is roughly the same size as Earth, just slightly smaller. So if Earth were a nickel, Venus would be a slightly smaller nickel, nickel I guess. Um, a nickel that had gone on one spin of the grinder. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's just think about that. Um, Venus spins slowly in the opposite direction most planets do. And Venus is one of just two planets that rotate from east to west. So while everyone is like going this way, she's going the other way because she's different. different. So Venus's thick atmosphere traps heat in a runaway greenhouse effect, making it the hottest planet in our solar system with surface temperatures hot enough to melt lead. So glimpses below the clouds reveal volcanoes and deformed mountains. Uh, Venus is named for the ancient Roman goddess of love and beauty, who is known as Aphrodite to the ancient Greeks, as we know. Uh, from an average distance of 67 million miles or 108 million kilometers, Venus is 0.7 astronomical units away from the sun. It takes sunlight six minutes to travel from the sun to Venus, and it completes one rotation in 243 Earth days, which is the longest day of any planet in our solar system, even longer than a whole year on Venus. So Venus spins around uh, the year lasts longer. No, the, the day, day lasts longer than the year. Wow. Which is crazy. Um, however, the sun does not rise and set on each day on Venus like it does on most other planets. On Venus, one day-night cycle takes 117 Earth days because Venus rotates in the direction opposite of its orbital revolution around the sun. Mm, okay. Um, Venus, however, is many ways similar to Earth in its structure. It has an iron core that is approximately 2,000 miles in radius. Above that is a mantle made of hot rock slowly churning due to the planet's interior heat. Um... The surface is a thin crust of rock that bulges and moves as Venus's mantle shifts and creates volcanoes. So it's kind of like, it's like liquidy on the top. Um, from space, Venus is bright white because it's covered with clouds that reflect and scatter sunlight. And at the surface, the rocks are different shades of gray, like rocks on Earth. But the thick atmosphere filters the sunlight so that everything would look orange if you were standing on Venus, okay. which is creepy. Uh, Venus has mountains, valleys, and tens of thousands of volcanoes. The highest mountain on Venus, which is called Maxwell Montes, is 20,000 feet high, or 8.8 kilometers, uh, similar to the highest mountain on Earth, Mount Everest. Uh, the landscape is dusty, and surface temperatures reach a scalding 880 degrees Fahrenheit, or 471 degrees Celsius. Maxwell Montes sounds like the bad guy in a 1980s teen film. You know what? I was just about to say he sounds like the snidely whiplash of a 1930s like movie. So it's basically the same thing. Um, like Maxwell Montes. <laughs> he like he's rubbing his his mustache. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm uh, picturing him at like it. a prep school. Ooh, like, that's oh, that's good too. That's Maxwell Montes. So in the so the 80s movie is the remake, the reboot of the 1930s movie, and they kept all the names. I like that a lot. His dad invented swatch watches. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Almost all the surface features of Venus are named for noteworthy Earth women. Mm -hmm. Both mythological and real, a volcanic crater is named for Sacagawea. 
clap, um, clap, clap. I'm doing clap, the clap. Yes, loving it. Love. Um, check out episode 145 for more on her. It's very good. Uh, a Deep Canyon is named for Diana, Roman goddess of the hunt as well. Uh, Venus's atmosphere consists mainly of carbon dioxide with clouds of sulfuric acid droplets. So not mm. comfortable. Um, on the ground, it would look like a very hazy overcast day on Earth. And the atmosphere is so heavy, it would feel like you were one mile or 1.6 kilometers deep underwater. So it's, like, a lot of pressure on you. So we you. don't really want to do any space tourism to Venus, is what you're no. saying. Nope, not anytime soon, that's for sure. Um, the next transit, so the transit of a planet is when, from Earth, you can see, like, the planet going across the face of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several in the 20th, 20th century, but uh, the next transit isn't until December 2117. So we're probably going to miss it. Probably going to miss it. Uh, Venus has no rings and no moons, as mentioned before, and spacecraft from several nations have visited Venus, including the Soviet Union's successful Venera series, uh, which made the first landings on the surface of Venus, and NASA's Magellan mission, which studied Venus from 1990 to 1994, used radar to map 98% of the planet's surface, which is why we know what's underneath the clouds. Um, currently, Japan's at, at, sorry, Akatsuki is studying Venus from orbit. Um, again, I will not be talking about Mars because I already covered that in episode 14, Dance in Space 2, Mission to Mars. Please listen to it. It's very good. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is the asteroid belt. Okay. So the asteroid belt is a Taurus-shaped region in the solar system. I mentioned this previously. Taurus is like a donut, donut. shape. <laughs> Meaning Taurus. Taurus from the Greek for, for donut. donut. <laughs> So the asteroid belt is located roughly between the orbits of the planets Jupiter and Mars, and that is occupied by a great many solid, irregularly shaped bodies of many sizes but much smaller than planets, called asteroids or minor planets. About half the mass of the belt is contained in the four largest asteroids. So the four largest asteroids in the asteroid belt are Ceres, Vesta, Pallas, and Hygieia. Uh, The total mass of the asteroid belt is approximately 4% that of the moon. And Sarah's, the only object in the asteroid belt uh, large enough to be a dwarf planet, is about 950 kilometers in diameter, whereas Vesta, Pallas, and Hygieia have mean diameters of less than 600 kilometers. So they're much smaller than Sarah's, and I'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute. Um, The remaining bodies in the asteroid belt range down to the size of a dust particle, and the asteroid material is so thinly distributed that numerous unmanned spacecraft have traversed it without incident. So if you get through the asteroid belt, it's not like... It's not like you see in space movies where it's like, oh, God, you're in the asteroid belt. Like, dodge, dodge. Space is so big, you have no problem, so you don't have to dodge anything. Um, nonetheless, collisions between large asteroids do occur, and these can produce an asteroid family whose members have similar orbital characteristics and compositions. So they can create, like, tiny, like, systems, orbiting Ooh, wow. systems, because they're so big, and when they, they get into each other's gravitational pull, they can create, like, tiny rotating systems, wow. which is kind of cool. So, Ceres is considered a dwarf planet. It's the largest object, as I mentioned before, in the asteroid belt. Um, it is the only dwarf planet located in the inner solar system. Okay. It was the first member of the asteroid belt to be discovered when Giuseppe Piazza spotted it in 1801. Uh, and when dawn arrived in 2015, dawn meaning a 
spacecraft, uh, Ceres became the first dwarf planet to receive a visit from the spacecraft. Uh, called an asteroid for many years, Ceres is so much bigger and so different from its rocky neighbors that scientists classified it as a dwarf planet in 2006. And even though Ceres comprises 25% of the asteroid belt's total mass, tiny Pluto is still 14 times more massive. Wow. Yeah. Um, Ceres is named for the Roman goddess of corn and harvests, and the word cereal comes from the same name as we've mentioned in the past. Uh, next we got Jupiter, where boys go to get more stupider. Um, <laughs> girls go to Mars to be superstars. That's true. Uh, fifth in line from the sun, Jupiter is by far the largest planet in our solar system, more than twice as massive as all the other planets combined. <laughs> so Jupiter is huge. Um, Jupiter's familiar stripes and swirls are actually cold, windy clouds of ammonia and water floating in an atmosphere of hydrogen and helium. Uh, Jupiter's iconic great red spot is a giant storm bigger than Earth that has raged for hundreds of years. Um, also, there are no rockets powerful enough to hurl a spacecraft into the outer solar system and beyond. So in 1962, scientists calculated how to use Jupiter's intense gravity to hurl spacecraft into the farthest regions of the solar system. Um, and they talk about this in Voyager, where they're like, oh, we could use Jupiter to kind of like swing us out. Yeah. Or the Martian. They slingshot. Or the Martian. Exactly. The <laughs> slingshot. Love that movie. Uh, Jupiter is surrounded by dozens of moons. Jupiter also has several rings, but unlike the famous rings of Saturn, Jupiter's rings are very faint and they are made of dust, not ice. Mm. Uh, nine spacecraft have studied Jupiter up close. NASA's Juno spacecraft is currently studying the gas giant planet from orbit. And the spacecraft, which arrived at Jupiter in July 2016, is the first to study the planet's mysterious cloud-shrouded interior. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, scientists also use the Earth-orbiting Hubble Space Telescope and ground-based telescopes to regularly check in on Jupiter. Um, Jupiter also holds a unique place in the history of space exploration. In 1610, astronomer Galileo Galilei used a new invention called the telescope. You may have heard of it. To look at Jupiter and discovered the first moons known to exist beyond Earth. Wow. Uh, the discovery ended incorrect ancient beliefs that everything, including the sun and other planets, orbited the Earth. So, with a radius of 43,440.7 miles or 69,911 kilometers, Jupiter is 11 times wider than Earth. So again, if Earth were a nickel, Jupiter would be a basketball. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that big. Is, see, that's this is good. This is yeah, good. Right? I'm glad you had these comparisons. Me too. I it's very it really like puts it into perspective. So from an average distance of 484 million miles or 778 million kilometers, Jupiter is 5.2 astronomical units away from the sun. So from this distance, it takes sunlight 43 minutes to travel from the sun to Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter has the shortest day in the solar system. One day on Jupiter takes only about 10 hours. So it's, it's a spinning. Oh, it's spinning and spinning. Uh, and Jupiter makes a complete orbit around the sun in about 12 Earth years. So one Jovian, which is Jupiter, mm -hmm. uh, year is 12 Earth years, or 4,333 Earth days. Um, the composition of Jupiter, weirdly enough, is similar to that of the sun, which is mostly hydrogen and helium. Deep in the atmosphere, pressure and temperature increase, compressing the hydrogen gas into a liquid. 
And this gives Jupiter the largest ocean in the solar system, an ocean made of hydrogen instead of water. Uh, scientists think that at depths perhaps halfway to the planet's center, the pressure becomes so great that electrons are squeezed off the hydrogen atoms, making the liquid electrically conducting like metal, which is crazy so to think about. So this planet would be your nightmare. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's not more nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, more and more nightmarish as we go along. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so far, definitely super nightmarish. Um, Jupiter's fast rotation is thought to drive electrical currents in this region, generating the planet's powerful magnetic field. And it is still unclear if, deeper down, Jupiter has a central core of solid material or if it might be a thick, super hot and dense soup. Um, it could be up to 90,032 degrees Fahrenheit or 50,000 degrees Celsius down there, made mostly of iron and silicate minerals similar to quartz. Uh, so, <clears throat> discovered in 1979 by NASA's Voyager 1 spacecraft, Jupiter's rings were a surprise as they are composed of small, dark particles and are difficult to see except when backlit by the sun. Oh, okay. uh, data from the Galileo spacecraft indicate that Jupiter's ring systems may be formed by dust kicked up as interplanetary meteoroids smash into the giant planet's small innermost moons. So it's like all the asteroids are hitting his moons and that's what's kicking up all this dust and like cycling around Jupiter because it's got a big magnetic pull. So <clears throat> with four large moons and many smaller moons, Jupiter forms a kind of miniature solar system. Jupiter has 53 confirmed moons and 26 provisional moons awaiting confirmation of discovery. Uh, moons are named after they're confirmed, by the way. Uh, Jupiter's four largest moons, which are Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto, were first observed by the astronomer Galileo. 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 These four... <laughs> these four moons... These four moons... These four moons are known today as the Galilean satellites, and they're some of the most fascinating destination in our solar system. Io is the most volcanically active body in the solar system. Ganymede is the largest moon in the solar system, even bigger than the planet Mercury. Callisto's very few small craters indicate a small degree of current surface activity, which means it's like weirdly smooth. Um, a liquid water ocean with the ingredients for life may lie beneath the frozen crust of Europa, making it a tempting place to explore. So lately, NASA's been like, you know where would be a good place for life, weirdly enough, is one of Jupiter's moons, Europa, which is kind of creepy. I mean, it's all creepy, don't get me wrong. This is terrifying. <laughs> so... Um, Next is my favorite planet in the solar system, and that's Saturn. Saturn, sixth planet from the sun, second largest in our solar system. Adorned with a dazzling system of icy rings, Saturn is unique among the planets. It is not the only planet to have rings, but none are as spectacular or as complex as Saturn's. This is NASA's voice. This is yeah, all I was NASA. like, are you working for the Saturn no, this tourism is board? Yeah, no, this is, <laughs> I am, weirdly enough. Um, like fellow gas giant Jupiter, Saturn is a massive ball made mostly of hydrogen and helium, surrounded by more than 60 known moons. Saturn is home to some of the most fascinating landscapes in our solar system. The farthest planet from Earth discovered by the unaided human eye, Saturn has been known since ancient times. Um, the planet is named for the Roman god of agriculture and wealth, who is also the father of Jupiter. So... With a radius of 36,183.7 miles or 58,232 kilometers, Saturn is nine times wider than Earth. So again, if Earth were a nickel, Saturn would be a volleyball. Okay. So just like ever so slightly smaller than Jupiter. 
From an average distance of 886 million miles, or 1.4 billion kilometers, Saturn is 9.5 astronomical units away from the Sun. So from this distance, it takes sunlight 80 minutes to travel from the Sun to Saturn. Uh, Saturn has the second shortest day in the solar system. One day on Saturn takes only 10.7 hours, and Saturn makes a complete orbit around the Sun, or a year in Saturnian time, in about 29.4 Earth years. So this idea of the return of Saturn... So this was also the name of, um, oh God, what's her name from? Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Okay. So Gwen Stefani's, I think her first solo album was called The Return of Saturn, or like one of her solo albums was called The Return of Saturn. And that was because it was released like on or around her 29th birthday. And in, I think in astrology, like your return of Saturn, your 29th birthday is supposed to be like important or whatever. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but. You might hear that, like, in pop culture, the return of okay. Saturn. So, I can't believe I couldn't think of Gwen Stefani. It's so stupid. <laughs> uh, like Jupiter, Saturn is made mostly of hydrogen and helium, and at Saturn's center is a dense core of metal like iron and nickel surrounded by rocky material and other compounds solidified by the intense pressure and heat. It is enveloped by liquid metallic hydrogen inside a layer of liquid hydrogen, similar to Jupiter's core, but considerably smaller. It's hard to imagine, but Saturn is the only planet in our solar system whose average density is less than water. So, if you could somehow manage it, it could float in a bathtub. What? Yeah, because it it's lighter than, the whole thing is lighter than That's water. That's very strange to think about. Isn't that so weird to think about? Um, Saturn is also blanketed with clouds that appear as faint stripes, jet streams, and storms. Um, the planet is many different shades of yellow, brown, and gray, and winds in the upper atmosphere reach 1,600 feet per second or 500 meters per second in the equatorial region, so around the fattest part of the belly. Uh, in contrast, the strongest hurricane force winds on Earth top out at about 360 feet per second or 110 meters per second. So, it's a lot windier. Yeah. Um, so, and the pressure is so powerful, it squeezes gas into liquid. So we would not, we would not survive. We would just, we would just, we would be flat. It'd be awful. Uh, Saturn's <laughs> North Pole has an interesting atmospheric feature, which is a six-sided jet stream. So this hexagon-shaped pattern was first noticed in images from the Voyager 1 spacecraft and has been more closely observed by the Cassini spacecraft Spanning about 20,000 miles or 30,000 kilometers across, the hexagon is a wavy jet stream of 200 mile per hour winds or 322 kilometers per hour with a massive rotating storm at the center. There is no weather feature like it anywhere else in the solar system. Oh my God. So twice every 29 and a half years or every time, every time Saturn comes back around again, Saturn appears ringless from Earth. Because this is an optical illusion, um, we can't see Saturn's rings when the rings are edge-on as viewed from Earth. Okay. So, like, they, it kind of disappears because it's all, mm -hmm. like, flat. Um, and they are barely visible through powerful telescopes anyway, so. Uh, Saturn's rings are thought to be pieces of comets, asteroids, or shattered moons that broke up before they reached the planet, torn apart by Saturn's powerful gravity. They are made of billions of small chunks of ice and rock coated with another material, such as dust. Uh, the ring particles mostly range from tiny, dust-sized icy grains to chunks as big as a house. <laughs> so, uh, it's a lot of stuff. A few particles are as large as mountains. 
and the rings would look mostly white if you looked at them from the cloud tops of Saturn. And interestingly, each ring orbits at a different speed around the planet. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, Saturn's ring system extends up to 175,000 miles or 282,000 kilometers from the planet, yet the vertical height is typically only about 30 feet or 10 meters in the main rings. So it's spread out really far, but they're very thin. Um, They are named alphabetically in the order that they were discovered. Um, They're relatively close to each other with the exception of a gap measuring 2,920 miles or 4,700 kilometers wide called the Cassini division that separates rings A and B. So the, the main rings are A, B, and C, and rings D, E, F, and G are fainter and more recently discovered. So starting at Saturn and moving outward, there is the D ring, C ring, B ring, Cassini division, A ring, F ring, G ring, and finally the E ring. So much farther out, there's a very faint ring um, on Phoebe, Saturn's moon, uh, and it's around Phoebe. So Phoebe has her own ring. Ooh, that's kind of cute. Which is really weird. Um, Four robotic spacecraft have visited Saturn. NASA's Pioneer 11 provided the first close look in September 1979. And NASA's, again, twin Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 spacecraft followed up with flybys nine months apart in 1980 and 81. Okay. Uranus, not Uranus. It's Uranus. That's what the scientists say. Uh, The seventh planet from the sun with the third largest diameter in our solar system, Uranus is very cold and windy. It is called an ice giant, which is surrounded by 13 faint rings and 27 small moons as it rotates at a nearly 90-degree angle from the plane of its orbit. Uh, This unique tilt makes Uranus appear, sorry, Uranus, appear to spin on its side, orbiting the sun like a rolling ball. So it's on its side, and it's like, like rolling around. Um, It is the first planet found with the aid of a telescope. Uh, It was discovered in 1781 by astronomer William Herschel, although he originally thought it was either a comet or a star. It was two years later that the object was universally accepted as a new planet, in part because of observations by astronomer Johann Ellert Bode. Um, Herschel tried unsuccessfully to name his discovery Georgium Cetus after King George III. Okay. Uh, Instead, the scientific community was like, "Mm, no, we're going to go with Bode's suggestion, which is Uranus, the Greek god of the sky. So it's Uranus now. Uh, It was originally going to be like Planet George, basically. Um, But Bode won out in the end. Uh, So with a radius of 15,759.2 miles or 25,362 kilometers, Uranus is four times wider than the Earth. Again, Earth, nickel. Uranus would be a softball. Oh, so that's much smaller than its neighbors. Yes, yes, yes. Um, From an average distance of 1.8 billion miles or 2.9 billion kilometers, Uranus is 19.8 astronomical units away from the sun. Uh, From this distance, it takes sunlight two hours and 40 minutes to travel to Uranus. Uh, One day on Uranus takes about 17 hours. And Uranus's year uh, is 84 Earth years. So we're getting longer and longer. Years are getting longer. Um, again, Uranus is the only planet whose equator is nearly at right angle to its orbit, so its top is facing the sun. Um, it has a tilt of 97.77 degrees, which is possibly the result of a collision with an Earth-sized object long ago. So it, like, knocked it on its side. Ooh, that's fun to think about. Yeah, it's cool to think about. 
So this unique tilt caused the most extreme seasons in the solar system. So for nearly a quarter of each Uranian year, the sun shines directly over each pole, plunging the other half of the planet into a 21-year-long dark winter. <laughs> and we which thought is we had a long winter. I know, right? Um, Uranus is also just one of two planets that rotates in the opposite direction than most of the planets. As I mentioned before, Venus is the other. It rotates from east to west. Um, so, again, Uranus is one of two ice giants. Most of the planet's mass is made up of hot, dense fluid of icy materials, uh, which is water, methane, and ammonia above a small rocky core. Uh, near the core, it heats up to 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit, or 4,982 degrees Celsius, and Uranus is slightly larger in diameter than its neighbor, Neptune, yet smaller in mass. It is the second least dense planet. Saturn is the least dense of all of them. And Uranus gets its beautiful blue-green color from methane gas in the atmosphere. Sunlight passes through the atmosphere and is reflected back out by Uranus's cloud tops, and methane gas absorbs the red portion of the light, resulting in that blue-green color. So, um, Uranus has two sets of rings. The inner system of nine rings consists mostly of narrow, dark gray rings, and there are two outer rings. The innermost one is reddish, like... Uh, dusty rings elsewhere in the solar system, and the outer ring is blue like Saturn's E-ring. So in order of increasing distance from the planets, the rings are called Zeta, 6, 5, 4, Alpha, Beta, Eta, Gamma, Delta, Lambda, Epsilon, Nu, and Mu. Uh, some of the larger rings are surrounded by belts of fine dust, and Uranus has 27 known moons. While most of the satellites orbiting other planets take their names from Greek or Roman mythology, Uranus's moons are unique in being named for characters from the works of William Shakespeare and Alexander Pope. Mm -hmm. And all of Uranus's inner moons appear to be roughly half water, ice, and half rock. And the composition of the outer moons remain unknown, but they are likely captured asteroids. So they're probably rocky, just like the rest of them. All right. And this is the last planet in our solar system. Neptune, my second favorite planet. Dark, cold, whipped by supersonic winds, ice giant Neptune is the eighth and most distant planet in our solar system. More than 30 times as far from the sun as Earth, Neptune is the only planet in our solar system not visible to the naked eye and the first predicted by mathematics before its discovery. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't that cool? Um, in 2011, Neptune completed its first 165-year orbit since its discovery in 1846. Great job, Neptune. Yay, you made it. Um, NASA's Voyager 2 is the only spacecraft to have visited Neptune up close. It flew past in 1989 on its way out of the solar system. It was like, hey! Uh, <laughs> Neptune is our solar system's windiest world. Uh, winds whip clouds of frozen methane across the planet at speeds of more than 2,000 kilometers per hour or 1,200 miles per hour, close to the top speed of a U.S. Navy uh, F-A-18 Hornet fighter jet. Um, in comparison, Earth's most powerful winds hit only about 400 kilometers per hour or 250 miles per hour. Uh, Neptune is so far from the sun that high noon on the big blue planet would seem like dim twilight to us. The warm light we see here on our home planet is roughly 900 times as bright as sunlight on Neptune. Um, as I mentioned before, Neptune was the first planet located through mathematical calculations. Uh, using predictions made by Urbain Le Verrier, Johann Galle discovered the planet in 1846, and the planet is named after the Roman god of the sea, as suggested by Le Verrier. So, 
with a radius of 15,299.4 miles or 24,622 kilometers, Neptune is about four times wider than Earth. So if Earth were a nickel, Neptune would be a baseball. Okay. Yep. Uh, from an average distance of 2.8 billion miles, Neptune is 30 astronomical units away from the sun. So from this distance, it takes sunlight four hours to get to Neptune. Uh, one day on Neptune is 16 hours. Uh, Neptune makes a complete orbit around the sun in about 165 Earth years, as mentioned before. Um, so because Neptune's axis of rotation is tilted 28 degrees with respect to the plane of its orbit around the sun, it's similar to the axial tilts of Mars and Earth. So that means that Neptune experiences seasons just like we do on Earth. Okay. However, since its year is so long, each of the four seasons lasts for over 40 years. Oh which is so terrifying their day to think is about. Very sh- so their day is shorter. Yes. But their year is forever. <laughs> is forever. Um, sometimes Neptune is even farther from the sun than Pluto. They switch oh, out yeah. every so often. Uh, Pluto's highly eccentric oval-shaped orbit brings it inside Neptune's orbit for a 20-year period every 248 Earth years. So this switch in which Pluto is closer to the sun than Neptune happened most recently from 1979 to 1999. Pluto can never crash into Neptune, though, because for every three laps Neptune takes around the sun, Pluto makes two. So this repeating pattern prevents them to, from ever getting close enough to each other to like wow. catch into each other's orbits. So of the giant planets, Neptune is the densest. Okay. Uh, scientists think that there might be an ocean of super hot water under Neptune's cold clouds. Um, it does not boil away because incredibly high pressure keeps it locked inside. Um, Neptune also does not have a solid surface. Its atmosphere, which is made up mostly of hydrogen, helium, and methane, extends to great depths, gradually merging into water and other melted ices over a heavier solid core with about the same mass as Earth. Um, Neptune's neighbor Uranus is a blue-green color due to atmospheric methane, but Neptune is a more vivid, brighter blue, so there must be an unknown component that causes the more intense color. They don't know why it's so blue. Mm-hmm. Um, In 1989, a large oval-shaped storm in Neptune's southern hemisphere, dubbed the Great Dark Spot, was large enough to contain the entire Earth. However, that storm has since disappeared, um, but new ones have appeared on different parts of the planet. So, Neptune has at least five main rings and four prominent ring arcs that we know of so far. So starting near the planet and moving outward, the main rings are named Gale, Laverriere, Lassell, Arago, and Adams. Uh, the rings are thought to be relatively young and short-lived, and Neptune's ring system also have peculiar clumps of dust called arcs. Uh, four prominent arcs are named Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité, and Courage. Oh, um, come on. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, what's courage in, in French? I mean, maybe it's courage. It might be courage. Ooh, well, okay, courage. Uh, they are in the outermost ring, which is Adam's. Uh, The arcs are strange because the laws of motion would predict that they would spread out evenly rather than stay clumped together. And scientists now think that gravitational effects of Galatea, which is a moon just inward from the ring, stabilizes these arcs. So it has an effect on what is going on. Um, Neptune has 14 known moons. Uh, Its largest moon, Triton, was discovered on October 10th, 1846 by William Lassell, just 17 days after Johann Gottfried Galle discovered the planet. Since Neptune was named for the Roman god of the sea, its moons are named for various lesser sea gods and nymphs in Greek mythology. 
Triton is the only large moon in the solar system that circles its planet in a direction opposite to the planet's rotation, which suggests that it may once have been an independent object that Neptune captured. Um, Triton is extremely cold with surface temperatures around minus 391 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 235 degrees Celsius. And yet, despite this deep freeze, a Triton Voyager 2 discovered geysers spewing icy material upward of more than five miles or eight kilometers. Uh, Triton's thin atmosphere, also discovered by Voyager, has been detected from Earth several times since and is growing warmer. But scientists do not know why. Which is a mystery, a space mystery. <laughs> Sounds like okay. a case for Doctor Who. Yeah, for sure. If I knew anything about that television show. <laughs> all right. And of all, so I'm going to add Pluto because I know people would be very upset. Pluto was downgraded from a planet in 2006 to um, a planetoid. People just so, love Pluto. Oh, it's so cute. Um, Pluto is a complex and mysterious world with mountains, valleys, plains, craters, and maybe glaciers. It was discovered in 1930. It was long considered our solar system's ninth planet. Um but after dis the discovery of similar intriguing worlds deeper in the distant Kuiper Belt, icy Pluto was reclassified as a dwarf planet, much to everyone's chagrin. Mm -hmm. Pluto is named after the Roman god of the underworld. Uh, Pluto is also the only world named by an 11-year-old girl. In 1930, Venetia Burney of Oxford, England, suggested to her grandfather that the new discovery be named for the Roman god of the underworld. What? What a creepy chick kid. Smart. Like, come on. Um, he forwarded the name to the Lowell Observatory, and it was selected. So, with a radius of 715 miles, or 1,151 kilometers, Pluto is about one-sixth the width of Earth. So if Earth were a nickel, Pluto would be a popcorn kernel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so an average distance of 3.7 billion miles, or 5.9 billion kilometers, Pluto is 39 astronomical units away from the Sun. And it takes sunlight five and a half hours to travel from the Sun to Pluto. Pluto has five known moons, uh, Charon, Nix, Hydra, Kerberos, and Styx. This moon system might have formed from a collision between Pluto and another similar-sized body early in the history of the solar system. Uh, Charon, spelled uh, C-H-A-R-O-N, the biggest of Pluto's moons, is about half the size of Pluto itself, making it the largest satellite relative to the planet it orbits in oh. our solar system. Mm-hmm. It orbits Pluto at a distance of just 12,200 miles or 19,640 kilometers. So for comparison, our moon is 20 times farther away from Earth. Um, Pluto and Charon are often referred to as a double planet because they're so close. And they orbit each other, basically. So they're kind of oh, a double planetary okay. system. Yeah. Uh, Charon's orbit around Pluto takes 153 hours, which is the same time it takes Pluto to complete one rotation. So that means that Charon neither rises nor sets, but hovers over the same spot on Pluto's surface. So the same side of Charon always faces Pluto, which is a state called tidal locking. So if we were on Pluto right now, Charon would be a giant planet in the sky that would never go away. Which is really freaky. Um... Little sidebar, the Disney cartoon character Pluto uh, made his debut in 1930, which is the same year uh, they discovered the dwarf planet. Oh. So there's speculation that Walt Disney named the dog after the recently discovered planet to capitalize on its popularity, but there's no real evidence of a direct link, so they're not entirely sure why. Okay. So next, I'm just going to real quick go through three uh, dwarf planets that are kind of like recently discovered okay. and kind of interesting. So the first one is called Eris. How's that -E -R -I -S. Okay. 
Uh, Eris is one of the largest known dwarf planets in our solar system. It's about the same size as Pluto, but it's three times farther from the sun. Okay. Um, Eris first appeared to be larger than Pluto, and this triggered a debate in the scientific community that led to the International Astronomical Union's decision in 2006 to clarify the definition of a planet. So it was Eris's fault that Pluto got downgraded. So... Pluto, Eris, and other similar objects are now classified as dwarf planets. It was originally designated 2003 UB313, and the nickname was for uh, the television warrior Xena by its discovery team. So they called it Xena. Uh, Eris is named for the ancient Greek goddess of discord and strife, and the name fits since Eris remains at the center of scientific debate about the definition of a planet, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, The next one is Makemake. Uh, yeah, uh, M-A-K-E, M-A-K-E, along with fellow dwarf planets Pluto and Eris, uh, Makemake is located in the Kuiper Belt, which is a region outside the nept- orbit of Neptune. It is slightly smaller than Pluto. Makemake is the second brightest object in the Kuiper Belt as seen from Earth, where Pluto's the brightest. So the second brightest is Makemake. Okay. It takes about 305 Earth years for this dwarf planet to make one trip around the sun. Makemake holds an important place in the history of solar system studies because it, along with Eris, was one of the objects whose discovery prompted the whole thing with Pluto. Um, And it was named after the Rapa Nui god of fertility. Okay. Yeah. And the next one, the last one I'm going to talk about, is Hawamea. So Hawamea was originally designated 2003 EL61 and nicknamed Santa by one of the discovery teams that discovered it. Hawamea resides in the Kuiper Belt and is roughly the same size as Pluto. It is one of the fastest rotating large objects in our solar system. And it spins so fast that it distorts its shape, so it it looks like a football. It has, like, a big belly and, like, Mm -hmm. skinny sides. And it was named after the Hawaiian goddess of fertility. So Makemake and Hawamea were named because uh, most likely they were discovered, or at least first seen... Um, by the uh, telescope uh, in Hawaii. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. So that was my topic on the solar system. Planets and Planets other stuff. And all sorts of other stuff. Uh, my quiz today is called Heavenly Bodies, a quiz on famous models. Question number one. The world's first supermodel is widely considered to be Lisa Fonsegreves, a Swedish model whose career began in the 1930s. However, don't tell that to this American model, author, actress, and television personality, who has frequently cited herself as the first supermodel, most notably as a later-fired judge on America's Next Top Model. Who is this loudmouth plastic surgery aficionado? Question number two. Chrissy Teigen is the only Asian model to grace the cover of this special edition of a periodical, which has been running since 1964 and has very little to do with journalism. Question number three. Dame Leslie Lawson is an English model, actress, and singer. She was a British cultural icon and a prominent teenage model during the swinging 60s in London. She was initially known for her thin build and the androgynous appearance considered to result from her big eyes, long eyelashes, and short hair. Her name may not be familiar to you, but you certainly know her by her arboreal nickname. What is it? Question number four. 
Gia Marie Karangi was a real up-and-coming model in the late 70s and early 80s. Alas, after she became addicted to heroin, Karangi's modeling career rapidly declined. She died of AIDS-related complications at the age of 26, becoming one of the first famous women to die of this disease. Her life was later dramatized in the HBO television film Gia in 1998, starring this beautiful and mysterious actress whose career took off after her portrayal of the model. What actress am I talking about? Question number five. Beverly Johnson is an American model, actress, singer, and businesswoman, and has been a fashion and beauty influencer since at least the early 70s. She rose to fame when she became the first African-American model to appear on the cover of what prominent American periodical in August 1974? Question number six. True or false, male model Fabio is not a true male model in that he has never posed for fashion spreads or walked in any shows. Question number seven. This cigarette company used beautiful, healthy-looking models in their advertising, most frequently seen on billboards and in magazines, touting feminism and women's lip with their slogan, You've come a long way, baby. What is this skinny brand who pioneered this particular brand of femvertising? Question number eight. The mid-1990s was the heyday for hyper-thin models like Kate Moss to cash in on this look, characterized by pale skin, dark circles under the eyes, a very skinny body, dark red lipstick, stringy hair, and an angular bone structure. What is the name of this look, which was criticized widely as a nihilistic vision of beauty that was reflective of drug addiction? Question number nine. Supermodel Stephanie Seymour was one of the hottest supermodels of the 80s and 90s, but unfortunately her career was briefly overshadowed by her relationship with this temperamental lead singer of a violent and sweet-smelling rock band who put her in three of his music videos. Who is this screechy rock frontman? And finally, question number 10. Speaking of the 90s, there were five supermodels during that time who were so recognizable and so in demand that they were dubbed the Big Five. Their superstardom was cemented in an era-defining 1990 magazine cover featuring all of them together, and they were featured prominently in George Michael's Freedom 90 music video. Can you name at least three of the five supermodels? I'll give you some hints. One shield for Pepsi, one is known for her temper and her incredible walk, and one is known for saying, I won't get out of bed for less than $10,000 a day. We'll give you a minute to think about it, and we'll be right back with your answers. We are the planets of the solar system, different sizes for everyone. The music never ends, we are such good friends, and we all orbit the sun. Here comes the sun, rapping first on this track from the beginning. I'm the center of the solar system, planets be spinning around me. So hot, I'm roasting, you see. Now I pass a mic to the planet closest to me. Mercury, the smallest planet, small as Earth's moon. I get super hot and cold, and it's been very slow. I'm Venus, I got mountains and volcanoes that spray. I'm the same size as Earth, but spin the opposite way. Yeah, I'm Earth, I'm the home to every boy and girl. Such a beautiful, beautiful world. I'm Mars, a red planet. I got deserts and ice, and I've got two moons. That's like one moon twice. I'm Jupiter, the biggest planet. I'm humongous, gargantuan. I spin the fastest, rap the fastest, plus I'm handsome. Blam, son. Oh, please, I'm Saturn. Check out my beautiful rings. Made up of billions of rocks, dust, and other things. I'm Uranus. I say that with pride. Okay, I lied. I'm embarrassed because I'm the only planet lying on its side. I'm Neptune. I'm cold, dark, windy, and mysterious. I'm very stormy, so bring an umbrella. I'm serious. We are the planets of the solar system. Different sizes for everyone. The music never ends. We are such good friends. And we all orbit the sun. This topic, this quiz topic came to me like it, like, 
like as in a dream. Like, yeah. Like, boom. I was like, bum. Famous models. It, it took me 20 minutes to write this quiz. <laughs> awesome. All right. Here we go. Question number one. The world's first supermodel is widely considered to be Lisa Fonsegreves, a Swedish model whose career began in the 30s. Don't tell that to this American model, author, actress, and television personality who has frequently cited herself as the first supermodel, most notably as a leader-fired judge on America's Next Top Model. Who is this loudmouth plastic surgery aficionado? The plastic surgery is what helped me here. Is it... Mm-hmm. Um, her last name's Dickinson. Yes. I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. Is it Janice? Yes, it's Janice Dickinson. She is a piece of work. Um, she has a memoir entitled No Lifeguard on Duty, The Accidental Life of the World's First Supermodel, which came out in 2002. Um, her Wikipedia page hilariously refutes her claim to have coined the term supermodel in a great, like, point-by-point list. Like, the word supermodel was first used in 1928. These were the people who were considered supermodels. These were the people considered supermodels, like, long before she was even born. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Question number two. Chrissy Teigen is the only Asian model to grace the cover of this special edition of a periodical, which has been running since 1964 and has very little to do with journalism. Is it the September issue of Vogue? No, it's the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Yes. Um, Since 1964, the issue has been published every February. However, starting in 2019, the issue was made available in May. It is credited with making the bikini, which was invented in 1946, a legitimate piece of apparel. Surprise, surprise. Um, Elle McPherson has the most covers in the, his- in the issue's history with five. Kind of forgot about her. Right? I forgot about Elle McPherson. Remember she was like Joey's roommate on Friends? Yes. Oh, my God. And they were like in a relationship, but then they broke up or whatever. She's, she still looks good. She still yeah. looks good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Please. Um, question number three, Dame Leslie Lawson is an English model, actress, and singer. She was a British cultural icon and a prominent teenage model during the swinging 60s in London. Uh, you know her for her big eyes, her skinny body. Her name may not be familiar to you, but you certainly know her by her arboreal nickname. What is it? I hope that engineer Josh listens to this episode because he puts her down as his answer anytime they ask about a model. It doesn't matter <laughs> whether the question is from the 1910s mm-hmm. or 2020s. Mm. He will always say Twiggy. Yes, Twiggy. Uh, she was named the face of 1966 by the Daily Express and voted British Woman of the Year. Uh, by 1967, she had modeled in France, Japan, and the U.S. and had landed on the covers of Vogue and The Tattler. After modeling, Twiggy enjoyed a successful career as a screen, stage, and television actress. She's very, she's a, she was a, a judge on America's Next Top Model. She seems like a lovely lady. Um, she looks better now than she did mm. then. Like then, she looked like wayfish and actually like kind of unhealthy. But now she's she's gorgeous. She doesn't look she doesn't look like Twiggy anymore. She looks like a woman. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of amazing, like how well she has preserved herself. However, she chose to do that. Um, <laughs> question number four. Gia Marie Karangi was a real up-and-coming model in the late 70s and early 80s. Alas, after she became addicted to heroin, Karangi's modeling career rapidly declined. She died of AIDS-related complications at the age of 26, becoming one of the first famous women to die of the disease. Her life was later dramatized in the HBO television film Gia in 1998, starring this beautiful and mysterious actress whose career took off after her portrayal of the model. What actress am I talking about? I don't I don't know why and I'm probably thinking of a of a different um movie 
that sounds like this title, but is it, okay. is it um, Angelina Jolie? It is Angelina Jolie. Yep. You're right. Uh, she won a Golden Globe Award and a Screen Actors Guild Award for her performance, among other accolades. Um, Gia Karanji died on November 18th, 1986. It's awful. Her, her story is just, it's terrible. Question number five. Beverly Johnson is an American model, actress, singer, and businesswoman and has been a fashion and beauty influencer since at least the early 70s. She rose to fame when she became the first African-American model to appear on the cover of what prominent American periodical in August 1974? I want to say it's like 17. Okay. Is that it your final answer? Is it the September issue of Vogue? <laughs> It is, it is Vogue. It's actually <laughs> okay, Vogue. I'll Vogue. give it to you, Vogue. <laughs> um, Beverly Johnson is a daughter of Buffalo. Grew up in Buffalo. Hey, you. Um, she went on to appear on more than 500 magazine covers. And by 1975, every major American fashion designer had begun using African-American models. She still looks oh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. She's stunningly beautiful, and she's had some help. But you know what? I would, too. Who Come hasn't? On. Who hasn't? I mean, I haven't, but I will. <laughs> 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 you can't stop me. All right. Question number six. True or false? Male model Fabio is not a true male model in that he has never posed for fashion spreads or walked in any shows. I mean, it's hard to believe that I can't believe it's not butter isn't uh, <laughs> doesn't have a fashion show but um i'll say i'll say false you are correct he is real we know him best for his romance novel covers but he's also done fashion and catalog modeling for versace the gap and tv spots for nintendo did you know that i did no, not i did not know that um he is also as you mentioned known for being the spokesman for i can't, I believe. can't believe it's not butter <laughs> i can't believe it's not butter spray um question number seven <laughs> <laughs> this cigarette company used beautiful, healthy-looking models in their advertising. Most frequently seen on billboards and in magazines touting feminism and women's lib with their slogan, you've come a long way, baby. What is the skinny brand which pioneered this particular brand of femvertising? It's Virginia Slims. It is Virginia Slims. Do they oh, still Lord. make those? I think they do. I think they do. Like, there's um, people who, like, their preferred brand of cigarette is the Virginia Slim. <laughs> the Virginia Slim. Yeah, maybe. I mean, what do I know? I've never smoked. Um, the ads often featured anecdotes about women in the early 20th century who were punished for being caught smoking, usually by their husbands or other men, as compared to the time of the ads where more women had equal rights, usually comparing smoking to things like the right to vote, which is insane. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, later campaigns have used the slogans, it's a woman thing. And in the 1990s and find your voice in the 2000s. So the fact that they were really like hammering in, like you're a liberated woman, fill your lungs with tar and nicotine. (laughs) Like like, I have the right to kill myself. (laughs) Speaking of killing oneself, question number eight. The mid-1990s was the heyday for hyper-thin models like Kate Moss to cash in on this look, characterized by pale skin, dark circles under the eyes, skinny body, angular bone structure. What is the name of this look, which was criticized widely as a nihilistic vision of beauty that was reflective of drug addiction? That was heroin chic. 
It is heroin chic. So the look, characterized by emaciated features and androgyny, was a reaction against the healthy and vibrant look of early 90s supermodels. How dare we want them to look healthy? I know. God forbid. Um, Apparently, it had a lot to do with the grunge movement and, like, grunge music and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just the way that trends go is just so strange to me. Okay. Question number nine. Supermodel Stephanie Seymour was one of the hottest supermodels of the 80s and 90s, but unfortunately her career was briefly overshadowed by her relationship with this temperamental lead singer of a violent and sweet-smelling rock band who put her in three of his music videos. Who is this screechy rock frontman? Is it Axl Rose? It is Axl Rose. (laughs) And I didn't put any information about Axl Rose in my answer. All I have is just, like, LT rant, which just means I hate... (laughs) Guns and Roses. LT like, takes a piece out of Guns and Roses. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to go off. LT takes a bite out of Guns and Roses. <laughs> it's, they're a terrible band. They're the worst. There was a, a whole like Twitter thread. Someone was like, okay, what's the most overrated band? And Beatles was number one. Like everyone was like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people who were really pissed off that people had, other people had that opinion, which is like, it's an opinion. Like it yeah. doesn't ruin your experience of whatever. But a lot of people were like, uh, Guns N' Roses. And I liked every single one of those with our account. (laughs) (laughs) With the misinformation account, I liked all of those. Axl Rose going after Steve Mnuchin. Now he's going to come after us us. (laughs) Okay. Question number 10. Speaking of the 90s. There were five supermodels during that time who were so recognizable and so in demand that they were dubbed the Big Five. Their superstardom was cemented in an era-defining 1990 magazine cover featuring all of them together, and they were featured prominently in George Michael's Freedom 90 music video, which is our friend Victoria's favorite music video. Uh, Can you name at least three of the five supermodels? I'll give you some hints. One shield for Pepsi, one is known for her temper and her incredible walk, and one is known for saying, I won't get out of bed for less than $10,000 a day. All right, you got Cindy Crawford. Yep. got Naomi Campbell. Yes. And here's where it all goes downhill from here. Because I'm like picturing <laughs> mm-hmm. people. Christy Turlington? Yes, you are correct. Is she, did so, she the one that said she wouldn't get out of bed for $10,000? No, that okay. was Linda Evangelista. Yes. So the big five, original big five, were Christy Turlington, Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, and Tatiana Petitz. Oh, I would never have, get, I would never nope. have gotten that one. She was later replaced by Claudia Schiffer. Claudia who you've definitely Schiffer. Heard of. Yep. Um, some say they were the big six with the addition of Kate Moss, but that's disputed because she, she was definitely big. all about that heroin chic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, all of these women still look absolutely oh, yeah. friggin' incredible. Uh, they have incredible doctors who love them deeply, and they've spent a lot of money on it. But yeah, all these women look incredible. Christy Turlington, stop it. She looks um, she does not look a day over 40. She looks incredible. Anyway, so that was my quiz on models. Heavenly bodies. Heavenly bodies. Um, thanks for sticking with me, guys. I know this was kind of a long one. They but you know it. what? They you gotta like get it. Oh, they you listen like to it. us on purpose. Ah, you, you don't like just it. accidentally listen to a whole episode <laughs> of misinformation. <Please>. Come on. <laughs> I don't know how many times you and I have... <laughs> said those exact words to our husbands. <laughs> They'll be like, shut up. You like it. You like us. We're, who doesn't like us? <laughs> anyway, 
Hope you enjoyed this whole planetary planetary Adventure. system episode. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks so much for rate, reviewing, and subscribing. If you haven't yet, why not? Do it. Pull out the phone now. You got it out. You're listening. Uh, <laughs> and please, you know, tell a friend on your next, you know, phone call or Zoom meeting or social distancing. I don't know where we're at where now. Where are we? <laughs> where are we? Yeah. We're recording in these the like way ahead. we're in, we're still all at home. Yeah. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, you'll go, ha, ha, ha. I barely remember that time. <laughs> or, Fingers crossed. Or some t- there will be some next terrible plague. That is- <laughs> don't say <God>. it. <laughs> we don't already had it. Australia burned to death. Oh, God. Then don't we put got it on. the plague. Oh, and then Lord. the murder hornets came. <laughs> oh, God. Don't speak truth to it, frogs. Julia. We're going to get oh, raining God. frogs next. Raining frogs. Oh, Lord. Can't go outside because there's, <laughs> there's three feet of frogs. <laughs> oh, my God. Three feet of frogs. You got to sh- shovel gotta frogs shovel. out of the way. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We're going to end this here. Wow. That really took a dive. That oh. took a nose dive. I all hope right. I'm right. Or not. <laughs> or not. No, please. I hope you're not right. All right. Thank thank you for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.